Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Cosmos, Cosmos Space-Time Odyssey, and Cosmos Possible Worlds. Cosmos Episode 9, titled The Lives of the Stars. Uh, Yet another fantastic, fantastic episode. uh, All about stars and atoms and black holes and... God, it's so cool. So, this episode starts off... Carl Sagan eases us in with this uh, nice little visual demonstration regarding a pie... Uh, takes a slice of the pie out and is like, okay, how many times could you cut this pie in half uh, until you get to an atom and all that? Uh, And from this point, like, he kind of puts into perspective, like, how infinitely small atoms are and the inverse, how infinitely big the universe is. And, like, he kind of takes us through the concept of infinity as well. Like, just the idea of just an infinite, uncountable, like, the biggest of numbers, no matter what number you're thinking of, infinity is much, 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 much bigger. Uh, It's never achievable, blah, 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 blah. Uh, He does, like, all the 10th to the, uh, 10 to the 10th power, 10 to the however many powers to just uh, express large numbers, express, like, gigantic numbers. Uh, He talks about, like, 10 to the 100th, which is a Google. Talks about Google Plus. uh, Google Plex, which is, like, 10 to a Google. 10 to the Googleth power. Uh, And just basically, right off the bat, just humbles everyone watching with just how infinite the everything is. (laughs) And then he gets into this entire segment on atoms, like the, uh, how atoms are laid out, uh, the different elements on the periodic table and all that, like does all this stuff that you 
you learn in high school chemistry, and I'm not going to spend really any time on this segment. A, because it's nowhere near the most interesting part of the episode, not by a long shot, and B, it gives me PTSD flashbacks to said high school chemistry. <laughs> like, I, I'm watching this scene, and I'm just like, no, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to high school chem. That was hell. <laughs> no! Uh, I literally, after I was finished watching the episode, uh, texted a friend of mine that Carl Sagan had given me PTSD flashbacks to high school chemistry uh, that I knew this person would appreciate because uh, he's always been very, very scientifically literate and objectively smarter than me in every possible way. Literally, this friend of mine texted back something along the lines of, do not talk to me about this. I am doing grad school for chemical engineering. I will make your PTSD worse. <laughs> I will make your PTSD so much worse if you talk to me about this. And immediately I was just like, you know, fair. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's <laughs> not wrong at all. He's <laughs> just nice, uh... Nice little funny thing in regards to this that I had to share. Uh, but yeah, Carl Sagan takes us through high school chemistry. And he does it in a way that only Carl Sagan can. Like, just... As much as I'm giving him shit for just giving me PTSD flashbacks uh, from high school chemistry. Like, I've never had a high school chemistry teacher... Uh, like, break this down in quite as interesting or quite as engaging a way as Carl Sagan does. And that's not a knock against my high school teachers at all. It's just Carl Sagan is one of the best scientific communicators of all time. Like, that's just known. <laughs> that's just a known constant in the universe. But from here, we get a very natural transition from the atoms to the stars. Uh, because he talks about how Atoms, the elements that we know, the naturally occurring elements that we know, largely originate to the stars. Like, suns are made of hydrogen and helium. Uh, suns, like, literally exist for the creation of helium that then gets just, like, burst out into the universe. Uh, and then all these different atoms just constantly combine, combine, combine to form other elements. And it all goes back to, like, the constant uh, molecule generator that is the sun. The constant, like, atom generator that is the sun and all the other stars in the universe. And so, we kind of get into, like, the life cycles of stars. And the natural processes of stars. Uh, we get to their births in nebulas. Uh, we are taken through, like, the sun shines because of helium. We get to the structure of them with the surface and the core and all that. Uh, the temperatures of those various points in the sun. Uh, sunspots, the corona, all of that. And then, here's where the episode gets really interesting. 
And here's where, like, my eyes are just glued to the screen because it's so freaking cool. We start talking about what happens when stars collapse. We start talking about that. And it's awesome. It's really freaking cool. Like, we talk about, like, the different size stars and how each one will collapse. Like, we talk about red giants. And there's literally this amazing segment where Carl Sagan, like, foretells the future of what will happen to our solar system when our sun kind of becomes progressively and progressively warmer. Billions of years from now, uh, progressively, progressively warmer uh, starts to become a full-blown red giant. Uh, And just how, like, it'll envelop uh, Mercury and Venus, probably the Earth as well. All life will die out. Oceans will boil. Our atmosphere will go away. Uh, And basically, all the inner planets will just be gone. Will just be swallowed up. Uh, And... On that day, the belt will laugh. <laughs> that's a little, uh, that's a little expanse reference for you there. <laughs> Man, all belters gotta do is wait it out billions of years, and then they win. <laughs> then they win. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, becoming red giants, we go through the red giants, and then. We go, like, some become, like, dwarves, some become neutron stars, some become full-blown black holes, more on that later. Uh, Ours will become a white dwarf. I believe that's what Carl Sagan said. Yeah, white dwarf. Uh, And then we get into the instances of a star blowing itself up in a supernova. And we talk about how supernovas work, and we talk about these giant explosions that happen every so often with supernovas. Uh, We talk about a supernova that was actually seen by humans in 1054 China, the crab supernova that for a while was just like up in the sky and you could constantly see it. It it was visible during the day. At night you could read by it. Like it's just a fascinating story of just like, oh my God, Humans in, like, a thousand or so years ago saw this and were like, what the hell is this thing? And the civilizations of that age did not know. The civilizations of that age had no idea. And now we, now we, in our lifetime, are able to figure that out. Now within the... Uh, within the recent past, have been able to figure out, oh, that was a supernova. That's what that, that was. That's how that happened. And we get into cosmic rays, uh, which, like, burst forth from supernovas, traveling almost the speed of light. Uh, right now, Earth has been constantly bombarded by cosmic rays for pretty much the entire duration of life on this planet, uh, cosmic rays, Carl Sagan gets into, cause mutation. They're not dangerous, but they cause mutation. So, in a, in a big sense, our evolution has been partially facilitated by cosmic rays. 
from, like, supernovas that happened, like, really, really, really far away. <laughs> like, in completely uh, different parts of the galaxy. Like, way far from us. And then we get into pulsars and, like, just examining what pulsars are like. Those constant spinning deals. And then... Black freaking holes. <laughs> I love when Carl Sagan talks about black holes. That black hole segment is so good. It's introed so perfectly. Where... Carl Sagan talks about the effect of higher gravity. Like, what higher gravity uh, would... What effects higher gravity would have on various objects. Like, basically, he goes into Alice in Wonderland stories. And just is like, let's see what happens if we turn the gravity up in Wonderland. And, uh... <laughs> the characters become heavier and eventually get crushed. Trees become crushed. Rocks become crushed. Everything becomes crushed. And then eventually he's like, and if we turn it up a ridiculously, ridiculously high amount, then suddenly light starts to get affected. And eventually we have this tiny little uh, section of the cosmos where light literally can't get out uh, because gravity is so high and that's how black holes happen, when a star just, like, collapses under its own weight, collapses under the gravitational forces so much that it just vanishes into nothing, and no light can ever escape this uh, section of the universe. And we sort of talk about black holes, like, what we know about them, uh, what might happen if you go inside one. Like, Carl Sagan literally is like, well, what would happen if you go inside a black hole? Well, assuming you don't die a horrible death, which is what would most likely happen, it is remotely possible that you would pop out uh, at a different point in space and time. Uh, and this could be used as, like, some form of interstellar travel, possibly, by, like, massively, massively advanced civilizations. Uh, you, who knows, you might even pop up into another stranger universe. Like, who the hell knows? And, like, I just love these moments where Carl Sagan is like, here's the science. Now let's speculate a bit. And, like, let's speculate within the realm of reason. And... Like, you just, he just paints this picture so well of just, like, maybe? Maybe this, 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 and this? Based on what we know, it's entirely possible this, 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 and this is the case? And it's just, like, so cool. Uh, he also, by the way, has this, like, great representation of a 2D space that when, like, an object, like a planet or a star or something is rolled onto it, sort of gets warped and becomes more three-dimensional... And kind of uses this as a sort of way to show that, like, uh, greater weight objects, the more the warping, the more the pucker, the more the whatever term you want to use. 
And then he's just builds up to like, and a black hole is a literal bottomless pit. <laughs> like literally, that is what a black hole is. It is a bottomless pit in the universe. Uh, yeah, this this is so freaking cool. This is so freaking cool. I I love this. Carl Sagan like sort of takes us through all this like grandiose stuff of the stars, uh, very very well, and I love it, and it's amazing. Uh, we only have, uh, four episodes left in this, uh, series, and then we move on to Tyson. So, we're getting close. We're getting close to the end! We're getting close to the end. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simplest just to push a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. Uh, if you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, uh, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Cosmos episode 10. Talk to you then.